Most people hold the belief that working a 9-to-5 job until they retire is the only substantial way to live in order to be comfortable or productive in our world. Your host, Julian Giselle, will dive deep into these alternative avant-garde lifestyles and way to shed light on how it can be, not how society thinks it must be. On this podcast, we explore those who defy the societal expectation, from freelancers, entrepreneurs, nomads, artists, really anyone who chooses how they live. So welcome to episode two on our Living But Differently podcast. We have our second guest, Jason Maggot. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. No, that's perfect. Great. And... We will start this off. Um, Jason, I guess if you want to kind of introduce yourself, let let us know what interests you in becoming on our podcast because we're definitely interested in, in you. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I'm Jason Maggot from South Africa, born and raised. And I have been doing videography uh, full-time now for about four years. And yeah, for me, just the thing of pursuing your dreams and not following the normal rut that people go into, you know, go study and, you know, follow that normal routine of doing things, but actually understanding that everyone's different and everyone has different ambitions. And if you start young enough, just following the things that you like in life, then you'll find you'll start off with happiness kind of much quicker and you'll just settle into life much easier um if you follow that way of doing things I love that and then you just said that you had been doing photography for four years so what were you doing before that yeah so so I've always liked photography um from an early age on and up until when I finished school I had no idea if I wanted to go study anything um after school so I didn't pursue anything in that direction and I never really thought that photography or videography could be like a job, like an income. Because back like, yeah, it wasn't a popular thing yet. Only like very older people did it. People like in their 40s or 50s were doing that kind of full time. So I think I came across a few YouTubers like Casey Neistat, Peter McKinnon, um, people in like the photography and videography industry. And when I saw that they're actually just living their lives, pursuing their things that they're doing, um that kind of just motivated me to just take the leap and yeah just try and hit this full-time so but but before this it was was but odd jobs like working in offices uh, working at restaurants as a waiter um a bunch of different things but nothing yeah too concrete that's awesome um so kind of working your way to where you are now experiencing odd jobs was there Anything else other than photography, I guess, that you considered before? Not, re- not really, no. No, I've always, I've always, I think from the age of 12 or 13, I had a passion for photography and like the arts and doing anything artistic. And yeah, so throughout high school, I've always had that passion of taking photos and taking videos. And yeah, I think the the hammer only hit the nail once I started seeing that there are people actually my age also doing this full-time which led me to think well you know maybe it's possible and yeah 
That's awesome. I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about getting started. I think so many people are like intimidated mm. by, you know, starting something later in life, especially something like photography, because that requires so much skill. I kind of just wonder, like, what would you tell someone who's like, how do I even begin? Um, I know that you said you watch YouTube videos or just like, yes. can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? No, for sure. Um, so obviously, and that's the thing that most people that start off, they don't have anyone sort of telling them or showing them how to do it. Like I couldn't go up to someone that I know in my town that was doing it and ask them, you know, you know, how do you do it? <laughs> I had no reference to go off of. So I basically went off of doing a, f a few free shoots for people and, you know, just upgrading my skills, watching YouTube videos, like just trying things and just shooting as much as I could. I shot as much as free content that I could possibly shoot in all the different kind of fields. And then after that, when I had a kind of a portfolio built up, I just uh, went into it and started making my price. And yeah, from there, it's just, it's, it's grown now. Yeah, I feel like that's one thing that people like forget. It's like to pursue your goal, you also have to like maybe maintain your day-to-day -day job so you can like you know, do things for free, as you said, to build a portfolio. Um, I know, Julia, you wanted to say something, but uh, like, how do you establish like rates and stuff? I'm so curious about that. Yeah, so I mean, in South Africa, it's it's quite different to like where you live. So in the bigger cities like Johannesburg or Cape Town, a lot of people like they charge quite a lot of money, um, even just from from the get go. So I think the best thing to do is, and what I did is, I just went off of. I just Googled a bunch of people like doing videography and photography and seeing what they were charging. And I kind of went off of that, started a little bit lower than that just for a few shoots. And then just worked my way, you know, just straight up to that. And you'll find that there are people like in, in the town that I live in, George, people are quite frugal in a sense. They're always asking um, on Facebook for stuff or that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, you know, that's not too expensive. But then a lot of my clientele that come from like Johannesburg or Cape Town, if your price is right, they'll pay you. They know you're going to do the job right. And yeah, you don't have to struggle with um, clients wanting to bring your price all the way down to their level. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but it is a it is a difficult it is a difficult thing to figure out on your own because you don't you don't really talk about money um, to other people like that. So you're kind of going off of hearing what they're saying, but they're not actually saying something specific. So you're just going about it by yourself, and then I think you just have to stick to to what you know and what you're good at. Yeah, I think some like it's just in the field of like being in an an art an artistic profession in general like you're not as sometimes um held to the same like level of I guess from the outsider's eyes I, I always say I guess what I'm trying to say is if you were an accountant like you wouldn't just expect somebody to or have friends expect you to just do your taxes for you for free <laughs> normally you would just because that's like a profession where it's in the business world, it's more, it's, I guess, respected in a different sense of like being an artist. Like if you're a freelance or a freelancer, um, I am like a landscape architect. So I have an art component to my profession. And I always say like, yes. I always have people come up to me sometimes and they'll jokingly, but maybe so half jokingly be like, oh, so you're designing my backyard. And I'm like, 
No, like, I'm sorry, but I'm, I know my worth and what I do is actually like it takes a lot. And I, th I think it's great that you have stood by like knowing your worth and reflecting that in your rates. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I know, Julia, that my dad actually did say that to someone who was a landscape architect. He's like, so can you give me, like, like can you just do something for me? And they were like, um, no. My dad was like, they were so rude about it. Like, dad, it's, it's a Like, I'll ask your dad if he'll write something for somebody for free. Yeah, right, for free. For <laughs> I, must, I must say most of the people that don't have issues um, when it comes to paying for things, as in I found, like, 90% of the time is people that either also work for themselves or kind of run their own businesses or quite high up in their own business. And they generally don't have any questions to ask. They're like, okay, what's your price? Tell them they're like, okay, cool. Thank you. Just do the job. You know, um, where other people, yes, they do downplay like, oh, but you're just pressing a button on a camera. You know, I think my aunt can maybe do it as well. You know, maybe we'll get them to do it. And sometimes it does resort to that. They end up not taking a photographer or a videographer to do it, end up getting someone that does it for free, but on a like, on a bad free basis and then they end up contacting you again and uh, it's just like a whole loop but yeah it is a difficult topic. so so you said that you live in george right and there's not like a huge uh industry of photography or videography um i wonder just like is that growing are you seeing more artists are you see, seeing people take that leap of being like okay i'm not going to do like a traditional nine to five or is it still sort of like a new thing yeah so i mean there is a handful of us that are doing it full-time yeah and like we all know each other and there's no competition like we're all friendly and if if i have too much work and i can't help then you know i'll, I'll always refer to someone else and they'll do the same this side but there is a big group of people that that kind of hurt the industry because now they offering photography or videography services but they're not doing it full-time it's just a fun thing for them or it's not a profession for them and they're kind of hurting the industry because they're coming in on a very low ball on a very low basis and if you comment on Facebook you need someone to do a family shoot or a, this shoot or a, that shoot I promise you at least 50 people will comment and reference this person and reference that person and it's so in that sense it's a bit getting crowded from a lot of amateurs that aren't pursuing it as careers but there is a handful of us that have you know stuck through the few years and we are doing it full-time um which is quite nice to see yeah i guess at the end of the day it's quality over quantity and if you have more yes. experience, people the right people will come to you for a better product yeah no for sure i think most of most of us in this industry um like 90% of the clients will tell you they chose you because they like your work, you know, not because, oh, your price was right or this or that, or this guy couldn't do it. They're like, we like your work. We like your style. Could you do it for us? You know, um, which is still good. I was going to ask you about that. Um, I know every, but every photographer, you know, has a different look, a different style. What would you describe yours as? I keep mine very natural. Um, especially with my videography, um, right from the start, um, before uh, stabilizers and gimbals was a big thing. I think that was literally the first thing that I bought um, when I just took the leap as a, a stabilizer for quality. So for me, that was a big thing because a lot of people still do a lot of handout work and stabilizer work. Um, not that that can't be good, but a lot of them don't do it justice or do it right. Um, so for me, 
um, quality, stability, like professional work, like do more than what you're required to do, like under, what is the, the saying? Under promise, but over deliver. Um, but yeah, definitely my style is much more natural as it is cinematic. Um, yeah, I would say I'll fall into that category. That's awesome. And then, so you do a lot of weddings, is that right? Wedding. Yeah, so that's that's what I started my business off of was uh, like weddings. And I think most people in my industry, they get into weddings first. They do that for a couple of years. Some stick on for like 10, 15 years. Some just do it a few, a four or five years, find their own niche, and then they go into a different direction. But your weddings has been the like the big base for my business growing Um especially because there's a lot of weddings happening all the time, every single weekend. So there's always going to be work in that. Yeah. In that industry. Oh, I'm very curious about that just because it's like a billion dollar industry and you're obviously mm. part of it. And I just wonder um, after doing probably like thousands of weddings, how do you maintain like being interested in it and like creating like a magical mm. moment for the couple when you do it like yeah. all the time? No, for sure. so- <laughs> Sure. Yeah. That's, that is a good question. Cause we have, we have seasons when it comes to weddings here in South Africa. So the first few months of the year, um, so like from, from November to like up until March, April, we have very nice summer vibes, which is the best wedding season because most people get married into that season. And there is a little bit of a gap from like March until like July, September again, where it is a bit quiet and you do come to a point at the end of a wedding season where you are quite burnt out and you don't always feel like excited to go to the next wedding. And, you know, it does get you, especially because like the main routine of a wedding is, is the same. It's just all different with different styles and different things that the brides like, and some have something different. So yeah, you do get to a point where you feel like, okay, it's the same thing. But every time I start the day of a wedding day, if I feel, if I feel, um, like I'm not into that creative routine at the moment, then for some reason, like an hour into the day, that just falls away and I just get stuck into the routine of the day. And then it actually ends up like, yeah, I end up falling in love with it again um, from the start. And yes, that little gap that we do get, those two, three months that we've had now of not doing any weddings was quite nice. So when I start my next one next week for the, like for the season starting up, I am quite excited to start that again. Um, so yeah, the breaks in between definitely do help. So during these breaks, do you kind of like diverge into different styles of your work or do you take that time to travel? What, what do you do, I guess, as having that freelance, um, lifestyle provides you with a lot of, of time. I mean, I guess obviously it can be really busy. And then when you're busy, you're probably busier than most during a nine to five. But I'm curious as to like how you spend yeah. that time. Yeah, so mostly in the off seasons, um, having a weekend off is quite, it is nice and it is refreshing and it's nice to be with the family and things. Um the work that I do try and replace that with, it's not a lot. Like I try to look for a little bit of a, a bigger corporate kind of gig that spans over a few days because usually those things fill my weekdays in any way, even during wedding season. Um, but I do try and stay away from 
like that sort of style shooting to more businessy shooting because that that helps me to just get into perspective again that's that's the basic things getting my mind off of like very creative stuff and I think that helps me a lot too when the season starts again to just jump into it uh, full speed yeah sometimes it is nice to just like if you're a creative um like you're a digital creator so it's uh it's easy sometimes to feel like you have that block once. No, no, for sure. That definitely comes quite often. But sometimes the, uh, I guess, easier, like mindless work is welcome because then no, you're- for sure, for sure, with, definitely. Yeah, you're able to flex that creative muscle again. So- No, and it does, I mean, that block does get quite- bad sometimes like you do feel there's no motivation at some point like it's just too much work and you feel like you don't feel like doing the next thing or you don't feel like filming or photographing something and that really does get you down um, and that's the worst feeling to have as a creative because obviously when you get onto a site you want to enjoy what you're doing and sometimes you get there and you don't feel it like there's just there's just that wall in front of you um, so yeah that is a bad bad place to get into the ups and downs help like with your the diversity of your work which is nice no for sure and it's like that's i guess why you're not working for like a corporate like photography like like a corporation as their photographer full-time because i guess that would be a jaded leave you jaded (laughs) but no no, definitely (laughs) i was just gonna say like I think a lot of people who do want to like not work for like a corporation per se or have a nine to five it's like they really want flexibility in their lives so I wonder if you could just tell us what it's like to have that flexibility I don't have it personally so just okay yeah so just like what do you enjoy about that okay so I mean obviously there's a good and a bad side of it um I'll start with the bad side and that's um responsibility and time management that I think I think that's the thing that most of us creatives that work for yourself struggle for because at the moment I work at home so you know it is quite easy to just step out of the office and go into the lounge or you know drive out to the shops and go do other stuff and that is very easy I guess compared to people working in an office they have to be there from nine to five where I can I have a little bit more freedom so that is a dangerous part for me um, that freedom to play with so I have to organize my things so that all my work's up to date at least um, and it is it is easy to fall into that trap of ah oh, it's fine let's just go to a coffee shop or let's just drive out to go do something because I can and I have that freedom um, so it's hard not to abuse it um, but the good part of it is it leaves you to do more things that you like to do so if I so for example what I try to do now is if I'm done with the wedding on Saturday for example I'll dedicate a Monday, a Tuesday, and a Wednesday to finish the edit, finish the work, so that I have more free time from like a Thursday and a Friday to actually go do the things that I want to do um, and focus more on family and focus more on relationships and things like that, to not just get stuck into work, 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 and work the whole time. Um, I think those are the two good and bad sides of it for me. Yeah, I love that. And as you probably know, Americans are like notorious for just working too much. And I wonder if you could just touch on like what it's like in South Africa, sort of 
values, is there a higher value on family or a higher value on work and kind of just moving up that corporate ladder? I think, I think there is a big um, influence of more people focus on work rather than family. Cause a big thing here is a lot of people, depending on where you live, like if you live in the bigger cities like Cape Town and Johannesburg, there's a lot of like the work is more and the pay obviously is a lot more, but the sacrifice is now you have to leave your family for a week, fly there, work, and then come back because you don't want them living there because it's, it's too expensive or it's not safe enough. So you want them to live in a safe place like, like we are living in, in George. And so a lot of people will fly up, go do the work. I mean, even from my side, my father is always kind of from high school. Yeah, I think from 10 years ago, he's always worked away. So he'll be like away three weeks and he'll come back like a week and then away three weeks. And yes, that's not good for a family. And uh, it didn't end up too well. Um, so I think there is a big focus on that job. People just working and working and not really focusing on family too much. Um, which is a sad thing, unfortunately. So speaking of your family, I know you are a young dad and you have two, two children. Yes. So yes, two boys. Can you, so can you kind of like talk about how um, your family dynamic is, like how you are able to be a freelancer and also a dad and also a husband and balance like that time because I think um, as an entrepreneur, you kind of take the risk of um, that comes with that. And then you also have to like prioritize your family. And I think you seem like you have that balanced, like from just talking to you for a few minutes. And I'd be yeah. curious to know more about like how that is balanced if um, and if it hasn't been or what what do you yes. gone through? So, yeah, or if you have any like tips for people who yeah. are, are new parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously in the beginning it was difficult. Um, you don't know where to draw the line, especially if you work for yourself. Like in your head, you kind of know like you have to work the whole time. Um, and especially as a creative, I think you have to work a little bit harder. Um, especially because you need to you need to go and get sort of that income. Whereas if you work in a corporate job, you know that every month you can get this amount of money and you can pay all of these things. And that's, you know, stressless. So in the beginning, there was a lot of stress and you focus, you kind of, you kind of work as a creative, but you're working as a corporate person because now you're just focusing on work and you kind of forget about family. So for me in the beginning, that was a difficult place to see where the line is, especially because I'm working at home. So I think I convinced myself, it's fine. I'm working at home. So I am with my family but obviously that wasn't the real case. Um, so I tried to keep a strict kind of start in the morning from like nine o'clock until like two o'clock. I'll, I'll work quite wholeheartedly. And then from there, every day we try and just take a gap. So I'll, I'll leave the work stuff and we'll go for a drive somewhere, even if it's just go walking in the mall, walking in a field somewhere. Um, even if it's at the end of the day from like four o'clock to five o'clock, just go out for a work. Um, like a walk with the family um, at least every day like once a day which really helps to keep the balance because at the end of the day it's it's not the like the work isn't everything <laughs> the work really isn't everything and being with your family you can really quickly lose sight of that um, so yeah I think you really have to be strict and I, I think that's again where the the freedom and the free time that you have to 
you know, I'm my own boss, I can do whatever I want, that that is very, very dangerous. So you need to put some strict rules in there and say, okay, this time I'm stopping work because even if, even if I miss something now, I can do it later at night when they're sleeping or something, you know, I can spare an hour or two just to finish that up if it needs to be done. Um, but you really make time for family. That really is important. I love that. Um, I know that like the pandemic careers like yours were very impacted. I wonder if there was just, you know, whether it was during the pandemic or another time in your career where you just felt like super uneasy, um, uncertain about your future and kind of how did you get past that? Yeah, so definitely when it hit us, I think, so yeah, in March, end of March it hit, I think I did my last wedding and I think that next day we got the announcement that the country was going to be like in a two-week hard lockdown. So that was quite interesting. Um, but I guess two, three months down the line, especially especially us in the creative industry, you literally, I had literally no work until the end of the year, like November. And that was also just like on and off. And it was a lot of, you know, emailing with brides because they have to book different days now and they have to re- like reduce their numbers and it was a stressful time. It really was. So we like, we really didn't know when it was going to come back for us to do weddings and, you know, work in corporate. Um, just because that is our income. That is the way we made money. There was no other sort of influx of money. So for us, so for me, yeah, it was, a, it definitely was a stressful year, but I think we knew it would eventually just blow over. So we didn't focus on it too much um, at the end of the day. And I guess now it's kind of blowing up again. So I have probably like too many weddings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so a lot of them, a lot of them, especially this year, they'd moved their weddings so much and I had to accommodate so many people that there was a point that I, I think I did 10 weddings in a row, like every weekend, like a wedding the next week and the wedding the next week and the wedding the next week. And that really hit me <laughs> very hard. So June came when the season stopped, I was quite tired and I had like a backlog of work to catch up on um so yeah okay this is sort of like a a side question but what is like the worst thing that a bride wants or groom or or bride and bride or groom and groom want at a wedding like what is one thing where you just kind of like roll your eyes when it comes to like photography yeah so more on the day filming it's less now but there are sometimes with the brides especially the brides um they do get stressed out a lot and obviously they're in the room, they're in those final moments. And there are some times that I've seen where mom and bride, you know, they, they have some issues there and then they start like screaming a bit and like, you do get those things. So you just kind of stand one side and just, and just try and go with the flow and not make it worse. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't had too many bad experiences on a wedding day. They're quite always just happy and, in the moment and focusing on them so it's, it's nice if you could just stand behind do your candid thing and yeah well then okay i know we're running up on time but i just wonder just like where you want to be in 10 years with your photography business what are some things that you want to do that you haven't been able to do just um where do you want to see your business so definitely i want to cut down on like doing 25 plus weddings a year and focus on just a handful of weddings and really like go a lot bigger um, in terms of my filming and um, the way that I shoot the wedding to have more time to plan and to like 
like really do my best that I can. Um, and I definitely want to start to do more international weddings. So I had the opportunity once to do a friend's wedding in Austria, um, which was quite nice. So we took my, like my whole family came with and we went and it was friends of ours. And for my first international wedding, that was the most fun that I've had in a long time at a wedding. Um, so I definitely want to see myself doing more international weddings, but not just international weddings, but more, more videos for international clients, um, big corporate brands. I, yeah, I think that's, that's really the place that I want to see myself at um, in 10 years from now. I love that. And then do you just have any tips for people who um, are kind of ready to leave their nine to five job or their you know, restaurant mm -hmm. job and just like, were there any sort of mistakes you made um, in the beginning of your career that you could just kind of warn folks not to do? Yeah. So, I mean, if, so what, what my mistake was, but I didn't really have a choice, but it was a mistake is I left, I left the nine to five to pursue the photography, videography full-time without like an extra income. So I like, I literally had to the next month <laughs> rely on income from that um, to start, which is not the best idea because um, that puts a lot of stress on you. And I think that takes the creativity away. Um, but I think if you have your things in place, don't try and plan it too much. I think if you want to do it, just start. Start as soon as you can. I wish I started three years before that. Um, yeah, just just start. Hey? Um, message people, tell them you want to do shoots, tell them you want to take photos, build up that portfolio. And just, as soon as you have that, um, yeah, you can go big from there. But yeah, just start. Don't, don't stress about anything. Any problems you come across, you can overcome it when you reach it. Um, don't don't like plan it out before it happens just go for it <laughs> that's the best way to deal with those situations if you don't know something learn it on the job and it's it usually ends up working out perfectly every time so i think for people that want to start but aren't sure yet if they're able to do it you know i would just say go for it just take the leap try it even if you're doing it part-time first build it up if that's if that's passing your actual income that you have now i mean i think most creative jobs you can do over weekends and most people work from Monday to Friday. So, you know, do that work, start to do those weekend jobs, build those weddings up. And if you see people start really contacting you and you can really push your price just go for it. Like don't hesitate. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Jason. I think that is kind of like what anybody needed to hear if they're trying to pursue like living a different lifestyle and freelancing and getting into whatever node of work they want. But um, I think um, what you've described has made it hopefully easier for people to conceptualize as this being possible. And I mean, it's like you said, not easy, but you, if you work as you go and stick with it, just having that perseverance and positive outlook will get you somewhere um, and discipline. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think, sure. and I think it also is good to point out that like you're only 25 and you're still very young and you're able to kind of balance a family, you're being a husband and also being a freelancer. Yeah. I think that, um, like it was surprising when I found out that you were so young or not so young, but you know, we're basically the same age, yeah. but it, I like, did not know you were 25. That's so young. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
it's inspiring to, to see like somebody that does have like so much, you have so much more to your life and you're already like doing this. So. And I think, and I think also just, just one more thing if I can is I know a lot of people, um, they want to plan it out so that they can, you know, hit the ground running on a good foot and just let everything just go well as they go along the way. But I would really just say, and like really emphasize if, if you're into it and you love photography or videography or any creative work that you're doing, just start it as soon as you can. Like the, the normal stresses that come from the work aren't things that you can prepare yourself for. Like no matter how much preparing or thinking you do about it or planning, there are going to come things that you don't know how to handle and you're just going to handle it in the situation and just go for it. Um, and I mean, you have friends and you have family, hopefully that are there to assist you and help you and, you know, just encourage you through this. And I think that's what we also had was a lot of people that, um, that were encouraging us um, to just do it and go for it. And I've never looked back since. I mean, I guess I would have had the same type of stress going through normal jobs, normal work, normal stresses from the nine to five job. And I still have stresses. It's not less stressful. It's not less work. I mean, in fact, I think I work more than a nine to five. <laughs> I work 24 um, seven. And it is a lot of effort and it's not going to come easy. It's not, it's not that Instagram lifestyle, I guess, that people want to um, convey or that YouTube lifestyle. I mean, if you've ever seen a family doing YouTube full-time and traveling, um, like for example, the bucket list family, if you've ever watched some of their things, um, they've traveled with young kids and with older kids. And I've traveled with young kids and a little bit older now, and it's not that fun. <laughs> like it really isn't as fun and as glamorous as the nice parts that you make it sound. Um, so I think, yeah, just, just go for it. Go straight into it. Don't let anything stop you. And if there's obstacles, just get over them. Um, yeah. and enjoy it and go down the line i i absolutely love that just giving people like real perspective on what it takes is just so important um we're about to cut off with the the free no, zoom no problem but i just no want to say like thank you so much we like absolutely love this i learned so much and also just having someone on the other side of the world explain this has just been so fantastic so thank you and we will send you the podcast once it's live yeah sure no problem appreciate that Thanks Thank you so me. much. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening. Bless you. <laughs>